everybody, welcome to the High Rith and Other Words podcast. I am your host, Timothy Mangle, and uh, this week I'm doing a solo episode, and uh, I've been really looking forward to this one. Um, the topic is non-duality, and I thought it was really important for me to do an episode on this because for me personally, this is kind of the perspective that I try really hard to have on the world and and over the years this has really been the mindset that I hope to really sit in and and use to kind of see the world so I thought that if I talked about it then maybe it would help you guys better understand me when I talk on this podcast but I also just think non-duality is something that's so great when actually like applied to your life um and I, I just for me personally it's it's been a very healthy way to to see the world but um before I get too far off on that uh I would like to yeah I don't know how to say this I, I don't want to say announce because I've already announced it on Facebook but I guess so if you don't know me outside of uh the podcast I do uh a singer-songwriter project um called Churches and Trains and I'm coming up on the five-year anniversary of the first time I played a show as Churches and Trains. So I am releasing a book that is filled with all of the lyrics from my past albums, uh, some EPs, tour stories, pictures, a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, so um, if that's something that you would be interested in, I have pre-orders up now. Uh, the book comes out January 25th of next year. And the pre-orders, like I said, they're up now, and they go until the 15th of January. And then the books will be sent out a little bit earlier than you would normally be able to get the other books. But yeah, check that out. I'll have that link in the description down below. So let's uh, not spend too much time on me promoting other things. Let's let's do the thing that's here. <sighs> Non-duality. Well, I guess the first thing you want to talk we want to talk about is what is duality right so let's not worry about the non aspect of it but what is duality and that's a pretty simple one it's it's the uh, it's the opposites of it's the polar opposites of everything right so we we have these things all around i don't i don't know how aware of it we are or we aren't but Great examples are like, you know, good and bad and white and black. Those kind of all exist on, um, <laughs> I, I, when I picture this in my head, when I think about non-duality, I think of like a scale, you know? Um, and so this would be like the duality part of it or the, yeah, the duality would be like, there's one end and there's one, um, yeah, two ends. <laughs> and, you know, on one side you have good and on one side you have bad and, and you, you know, it's, it's balancing those things and it's a lot of other stuff but that's that's duality is the the opposite ends of a spectrum or a position or whatever it's it's just the 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 nature of two and uh it's easy for us to get trapped in in the nature of two because it's it's it usually looks like someone taking a stand and then having to defend that stance or opinion or belief or perspective or whatever it would be versus the opposite of that and non-duality kind of presents a alternative way of 
dealing with situations that are kind of step a step back from that, but it's not in a in a bad way. I'll explain later. <laughs> but um, I heard this story a few oh gosh, probably seven to six years back. And I don't know the origin of the story, um, which I think really helps show how beautiful of a concept this is because it it's doesn't re- it's not dependent on a religion or a religious figure or whatever it is. It's just a good story that you can really glean a lot from. So I figured I would share that because I really do think that this helps under helps us get into the non-dual mindset. And um, I actually have a lot of stories. <laughs> To share because I, I don't know I just I love stories and I think that they really help people see the world because it's easy to you know put yourself as the first person in that story and then it's it's easier to soak it in that way than just like information or whatever you know so okay so the first story <clears throat> I call it horse story because I have no idea what the parable or, or what it is is really called but horse story um so there was a farmer, and he had a horse, as farmers tend to do, you know? And uh, one day, he was out and about doing stuff, and the horse ran away. It ran off into the, the woods, and the farmer's neighbor comes over, and, you know, he's he's very emotional about this. He's like, oh, he, I'm your, your horse ran away. I'm so sorry. I understand how, how important that horse is to you. You know, I know you, you use it to go into town and to help pull plows and, or whatever, you know, and the farmer's response was, well, who knows what's good and what's bad. So next day comes, uh, early in the morning, the horse comes back and not only does the horse come back, but it brings with it a bunch of other horses, a bunch of other wild horses. And, uh, you know, so now the man, the farmer has more horses than he knows what to do with, right? So the neighbor comes over, and again, he has a very emotional response, and he's he's like, oh my gosh, this is great. Not only did you get your original horse back, you got a bunch of other horses. This is, this is fantastic. And uh, the farmer responds by saying, well, who knows what's good and what's bad? And uh, next day comes, and... The farmer's son is trying to tame one of the horses. So he's riding the horse and he's he's trying to break it in, or however the terminology would be. But uh, as he's riding the horse, he gets bucked off of it and he breaks his leg. So again, the the neighbor comes over and has a very emotional response. He's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe how bad this this is terrible. This is the worst thing. Your son, he's he's in you know whatever." And of course, the farmer responds by saying, well, who knows what's good and what's bad? And then the next day, army recruitants come by and demand that every able-bodied young man be enlisted and sent off to serve and, you know, theoretically might lose his life. And the army recruitants, they get to the farmer's house and there's no able-bodied young men there. And, you know, that's that's where the story ends, right? Because... It, it really nails home this point of there's a, there's so many ups and downs in life. There's so many good seasons. There's so many bad seasons. And the non-dual perspective is to really step off the emotional attachment of the roller coasters of those experiences. 
we very much so love to feel pleasure and, and feel good things, but we also we shun bad things. And obviously there's a there's reasons for that, and there are some bad things that we should shun, but you know, so Jesus says this thing in, in Matthew 7, 1. He says, judge not lest ye be judged. And in, in the grander scheme of things in that section, he's talking about people and, and judging people and their actions and, and all those things and how we shouldn't do that. But there's a greater idea there, which is judge, you know, judge not lest ye be judged, is when you're looking at a circumstance, when you're looking at something are you judging that? Are you looking at it and thinking that you know what's what it is? And and you know, unfortunately, we don't have the ability to understand our life's purpose here, our path, where we're going, all these things. We we just don't know those things. And maybe we get inclinations from time to time. But, you know, from I think for everybody, we sit around with just the kind of general wondering of where things are going so it's obvious why we cling to try to cling to good things and and try to hold off the bad things so for me when when it comes to non-duality there's really it's it's really two-sided it's allowing what is to be and it's surrendering to the undercurrent of the universe and for you know I've, i've been thinking about this for a long time like and i think that those those two are really the best ways to to sum up what it means to have a non-dual perspective. And, you know, um, we'll kind of get into, you know, where does choice fall into that and all those things. But for me, you know, like, just going back, just the simple way of understanding that it's about not being caught up in the ups and downs of the teeter-totter of the of the scales whatever it is you know it's it's trying to kind of step back the step back and be able to see the bigger picture at hand and kind of be able to hold that as it is instead of again clinging to one side and and whatever so there's i'm sure if you've listened to this podcast before you've heard me uh talk about the Bhagavad Gita, which is a Hindu scripture that is, um, it's beyond phenomenal. It's, it's just such a good work of religious texts of, of spiritual insight and, and practice. Um, so I would, I would recommend everyone read that book, um, the Bhagavad Gita. And it's, it's, it's not easy to understand, but the the stuff that's in there is very good, and and obviously I don't understand any of it because I don't have a Hindu background. I'm just kind of I'm I'm grazing from it what I can, but the the Bhagavad Gita takes place in the midst of a larger Hindu narrative. So the Bhagavad Gita was just kind of like whoop, taken out of it. So if you're familiar with the uh, Western Bible, we have you know the Old Testament, and the New Testament. It would be similar to if someone just took out the Book of Matthew and kind of made that its own spiritual text or whatever. So the Bhagavad Gita is, it's it's a story. So it takes place, like I said, on a larger narrative, and it's one section of the story. So the beginning, before we even get to the Bhagavad Gita, there's a long history of this clan of people who are, are 
are ruling over this certain section of land. Now, as they grow and become more prosperous, prosperous and wealthy and influential and all these things, the uh, the rulers split. Um, there's disputes over whatever. Doesn't really matter. There's a split, so the the one section goes off into the wilderness and kind of starts to set up another kingdom, and then this other one stays and continues to to rule over this one. Time passes, and uh, a character arises arises named Arjuna or Arjun. I have heard many different ways to say it, but it's I always say Arjuna. Um, but I think it's Arjun, but I'll say Arjuna because that's what's going to come naturally to me. Anywho, Arjuna is one of the princes of the family that went to go off and live in the wilderness. And he rose, you know, in great power and to, to predominance in the military. And, you know, he decided that it was time to go back to the kingdom and take back what was rightfully theirs. So he, he gets the army and all the people and all the able-bodied men and takes them to the battlefield where he's met by... Um, the opposing army, which is, you know, as he's seeing them approaching, he's realizing, wait, these are also my family. It's not just these people behind me who I, I led here trying to protect or to give a better kingdom to or whatever. These people, too, are also my family. And so, you know, Arjuna's, it's, it's a rock and a hard place situation, right? So, the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna is communing and having a conversation with Krishna, uh, Krishna, who's the god avatar within this section of the uh, Bhagavad. Well, of, in the Bhagavad Gita, again, Bhagavad Gita takes place in a larger story, but right now, uh, Krishna is the god avatar. So Arjun, Arjuna is talking with Krishna, and he's saying, "This is the the opening of the Bhagavad Gita." He's like, "I don't." I don't know what to do. It's, you know, is it right for me to go into war for these people, but I'm also killing people who are my family and innocent people who are just trying to live their lives? And he says at one point, he's like, you know, it's better for me to go and live in the woods than it is for me and to be a hermit and excommunicate myself than it is for me to participate in this battle. And Krishna, the, the God avatar, so God, has a very interesting response to that. And he and it says in the Bhagavad Gita that Krishna responds smiling. And so he responds to Arjuna and all of his pain and his confusion by saying, listen, you just you just got to do whatever it is that you got to do. And those might not be the most comforting words, but what else do we have? You know, and that's that's kind of what it comes down to is this, this non-duality is supposed to show you that you know, your off your options are infinite. They're they're not they're not just these two polar things that you're thinking. That there's a world in between these two things, and you have to sit and you have to contemplate and you have to choose which which you think is right. And you know, while I said earlier that I think a big part of non duality is allowing what is to be and surrendering to the undercurrent of the universe, but I also think that you know. You have to listen to your intuition, and to make your intuition better, you have to you have to develop wisdom, and by developing wisdom comes through trial and error, and it 
it's making the right choices and it's making the wrong choices. But again, non-duality is about having a perspective of it, it doesn't matter if you're making the right or wrong choices. What matters is that you're attempting to make the choices. So, you know, it's it's a very conflict it's a very complicated perspective and it's a complicated way to understand the world, but it's so liberating to not feel like I have to be on these two ex- different extremes trying to defend one against the other. But understanding that, you know, regardless of what my personal opinion is on on anything that it takes that my personal opinion and the action that I have to take similar to Arjuna takes place within this larger narrative that we can't fully comprehend. And so that's why, you know, allowing what is to be. So you're seeing whatever it is. And, you know, it's it's not saying that you're okay with those things. It's just acknowledging the fact that it is. And it is for whatever reason that it is. So again, this goes back to Jesus being like, judge not. Because if you're looking at these things, and, you know, there's pro- there's part of me that understands that when you, I, for me, my personal opinion is, is if you're trying to have a non-dual perspective, you have to have some sort of notion that the universe has intention behind it. And, and what I mean by that is, again, trusting the undercurrent of the universe. We're, we're here doing whatever it is that we're doing and and that's fine i don't i don't really know what we're here to do and it we're just here doing what we're doing but the universe you know actual reality and and god they have a plan that transcends our comprehension or even the reality that we're perceiving you know and again the reason that i love the idea of krishna smiling at arjuna and pain in, in this conflict is because he understands he's like listen you're just doing this one thing in this grand scope of eternity and and what you're doing is helping to push those things forward and to help to move creation along and and you know it, it's our choice the ability to make choice exists for a reason and it exists to help the universe and the universe doesn't waste energy, right? So it's it's taking the choices that we have and and pointing it into the direction of, you know, the ultimate good that the universe is headed in. So and you know, there's a there's a a Bible quote that I've quoted, I'm sure, before this on this podcast is what man meant for evil, God meant for good. And how I interpret that is, you know, man is doing whatever it is that we're doing here, and we're existing in our little bubble, and God is taking whatever is happening and, and molding it and, and being the bigger power and pointing it and using that in the proper direction, taking the universe wherever it is it's, it's supposed to go. So I feel like I just went off on a, on a long tangent there. But I, I, I say that because it's, it's the freedom, it's the thing that you can fall into when you try to step off the teeter-totters of the duality scale. It's... Yeah, again, it's the undercurrent of the universe. So you're you're trusting that whatever is happening here, whatever whatever is coming to you, whatever is coming to anybody, it's a part of this gr- larger thing that we can't understand. So there's a there's a non-dual aspect to that, right? So we can there's one aspect where it's like here's here's the physical, here's what I can see and what I can touch, and then on the swing side of that is here's the spiritual and and here's what I can't comprehend and here's what's 
larger than me. So you can even step back and see that both of those things exist and they exist concurrently and they exist for their own separate reasons. And But the reason is always one because it's all one. Uh, right, Jay? Shout out to Jay Her. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I was thinking, you know, because it, it sounds like I'm trying to be complacent or it, trying to negate suffering it can sound like that when you talk about allowing to be what is or, or whatever but i got a, a quote from the good book here so philippians 4 4 philippians four twelve through 14 reads i know what it is to be in need i know what it is to have plenty i have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether wed whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. So that's the ending there is really what I wanted to kind of point out here because this is written by a man named Paul. And Paul is living from the perspective of non-dual. He's like, listen, regardless if I have plenty, if I have little... I still exist. My isness, my I amness, it, it doesn't change. And that's that's what you really are, is your is the being, right? So Paul knows this and he's like, listen, it doesn't matter what I, I I've learned to be content in all things, right? So, but he says to them, It's good for you to to share in my suffering. And here's here's the truth of the matter, folks, is you know, suffering is good for us. And it's 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 not always the best thing. It's not always what we want. But if if we allow suffering to be what its greatest potential is, it is nothing but a great tool. And that's what I said earlier about developing wisdom is, you know, you can't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid to make the wrong decisions because doing wrong or saying wrong or believing wrong will eventually become apparent if you allow yourself to see past defending those things if you can hold you know i have my beliefs and i have my opinions on things but i don't let them get in between me and another person because i i know i've said this on the podcast as well is you know i said to someone who was arguing with me one time over my spiritual beliefs is you're you're putting a wall between us when i can physically you're putting a wall between us because of something in your head while i can physically reach out and touch you and Again, obviously boundaries are important and all those things, but to ostracize someone because they have a different end of the the teeter-totter, other side of the scale, whatever it is, it's it's not a place of love. It's not a place of openness and, and acceptedness. And the ultimate end goal of non-duality is to get a place where we aren't swallowed up by our emotions or or instantly attached to these things that just help help us kind of get through reality you know they're not they're part of us but they're not ultimately us right so it non-duality should lead us back to a place of of openness of acceptance and being able to because again i don't i don't know if i'm hammering this home enough but for me i always picture stepping off of a teeter-totter when i'm thinking about non-duality so and again, it's not that I don't have opinions on things or, or have places where I would put myself on the teeter-totter, but that it's it's the fact that I'm off the teeter-totter 
looking at it and deciding which side is best instead of just planting my feet firmly there and then deciding that the opposite is is wrong again this goes back to jesus saying don't judge because you only have that perspective and so who's how do you know you know so i mean a, a perfect example is and our current climate is is you have you know very conservative americans and you have very liberal americans and those two th- things being at conflict with each other without understanding that they only have ever gotten to where they are because of strange, crazy things that have happened behind all of them that have eventually led to this point. So now people are at this point and they feel like they have to defend these things without, again, stepping off the scale and looking and and trying to understand how we got here, which is ultimately the bigger problem instead of trying to defend the places that we currently are. It's like, how do we get here? How do we do better now that we're here? And then, you know, where are we going? And, I mean, t- to some degree, it's it's having an opening mind. It's it's being able to listen. It's, it's you know, it's... I can't believe I've, I'm into this 20-some minutes, and this is the first time I've, I've brought this up, but it's, it's what is called third-eye thinking, right? So it's instead of seeing and saying, this is good and this is bad, you're, you're holding it in the middle and allowing... It's just an allowing, and again, it's not a, a con, it's not a permission to go and and do evil things and sit idly by while while that happens. Again, going back to Paul, it's it's good to share in the the suffering. It's good to share in in overcoming these things because it's you know it's it's hard when talking about non duality to say that the universe is is one thing because it's it is loving and it is taking care of us and it is merging us back into the one, but it's also doing things that look like COVID-19 or tornadoes or whatever. So the universe is such a complex thing and both of these polar opposites need to exist. That doesn't mean that we need to get tied down by the fact that they exist. So we exist along with these things, and we're we're a part of them. And, and I know I've said this before too: is you know, man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for man. So the things that were made were not we were not made for them, but they were made for us. So for our perspective, we are stuck in the the duality of everything, right? And so that's for us. It's it was made for us. And so how do we use it and how do we navigate it? And something that I think is really important to say when talking about non-duality is, you know, you can't just say non-dual thinking is the best, which I probably have, because that eliminates dual thinking, right? So, and again, that's what I'm saying is you have to know when to make it a turn between right and left, because if I was you know, I walk here from my house, and if I didn't make a, a right and a left, I would just end up aimless. You know, there is time when you need to be intentional and, and looking through these things. And again, that's a non-dual thing is because you're you're allowing the thing to be whatever it is, but you're also being intentional by moving through it. So it's beautiful. Like, just how well the universe works and is just amazing to me. So it's it's again it's a stepping back it's the it's the looking at those things and, and trying not to be you know bogged down in those things but understanding that they're beneficial that the the ups and the 
the downs and the ebbs and the flows and the peaks and the valleys, they all exist for us. They all exist for us to, to gaze upon and to see the splendor of our creator within. And, you know, I was thinking about, uh, this is, this is probably going to be the last story that I'll tell. Uh, I thought this was going to be a lot longer, but this is definitely a topic that I'll be coming back to a bunch for darn sure. But, uh, one time I, I used to, I, I do painting professionally. Um, not all the time here and there. Anywho, I was painting this brick hallway one time and I found myself just, you know, just complaining. I was there for hours. It was just, it was terrible. But, you know, I sat there and I was like, well, I can't, I can't be anywhere else. So I, it's, it's about being here and it's about surrendering to this and, and seeing seeing God in it and seeing what I was doing as God and, and, and seeing it as service to God. And, you know, I, I picture myself as this, just a, a cog in a giant machine. And I picture everybody like that, that everyone is here just doing whatever it is, helping the universe roll forward, you know? So it's, it's in moments like that where you have to choose to step off of the scales of emotions and being like, I'm sad, I'm tired, I want to be not tired, I want to be not sad, or, or whatever it is, and step back and saying, you know, I, I'm just here. And that's surrendering, it's allowing, it's the whole concept of be here now, the, the idea of the present moment. It's, it's such a cliche in, in the spiritual world, but it's, it's the truth. You know, you can't be anywhere other than where you are. So... What I'll say is, if you guys have any questions, if you feel like there's any area where I need to explain this further, then then go ahead. But you know, for me, really, it's 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 again, it's it's removing the emotional attachment to it. Not saying that I don't feel emotions or that I'm you know disassociating or anything like that. It's even with your emotions, you're allowing your emotions to be. So this is a quick tangent, but allow yourself to feel the emotions that you're feeling. Whatever they are, they're welling up. Allow yourself to feel them. Don't, again, don't judge. Just allow them to be whatever they are. And then you decide where to go from there. You don't have to listen to your emotions. You don't have to act on them. But what you have to do is listen to your intuition. Know what's best for yourself. Learn how to be wise. You seek wisdom. So, I don't know. I feel like I'm just rambling at this point, uh... But yeah, I, I really appreciate you guys sticking with me this long. Um, I get I can't remember what episode this is, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm loving doing this, and I hope you are as well. Uh, if you haven't given us a like on Facebook or on Instagram yet, just go ahead and do that. That would mean the world to me. Like I always say, whenever I do these solo episodes, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know what you would want from this podcast. I would love to know how I can be a better host. Yeah. I, uh, this is for you guys, and it's for me as well. So, it's for us. This is a fun gift for everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas. That's a couple weeks away, but are you getting ready? My girlfriend and I just put up the tree, and it's very nice. Uh, I We have a crooked star at the top, and I love it because it gives a personality. And uh, I love you because I'm sure you have a personality because you're a human. All right. <laughs> have a good one, folks. <laughs>